Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Cinephiles. I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. I'm Ashkay. I'm Steve. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm, I literally just found my spot. Sorry. <laughs> can we start again? No. I can kind of cut that in to make it work. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Cinephiles. I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. I'm Ashkay. I'm Steve. What Good did you job. find? What do you mean you found your spot? Like, what are you looking for? Well, I was looking for the how the quotes altered. Oh, in Star Trek Into Darkness. Say, I wasn't going to use it now in the podcast, though. <laughs> Sorry, we got to wait or what? Well, I was going to wait till it was relevant. Your mom's relevant. Fair enough. Sorry, off to a bad right. start. So, <laughs> no, that's good. Off to off to a bad start. All right, try it again. Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Cinephiles. I'm Toski. I'm Tito. I'm Ash K. I'm Steve. All right, we just went and saw, 24 hours ago actually, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Quick, let's give the ratings and we can go home. <laughs> five out of five. Peppy. That Peppy. is my... We got Dodson here. Dodson. 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 I got on a Dodson. giant truck today. We're good to go. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Star Trek Speaking Into of Darkness. Giant truck wasn't as big as the Enterprise. Which, that fucking Vengeance. I got, I got a bit of an issue with that. The what? The Vengeance. The cab was about the, the same size the as, like... The USS Vengeance. Why? The thingy. I don't know. I wanted to see more. No. More of it? Oh, that's you and your ship? porn addiction again. Like, did you notice that when it came in and the fucking, like, it was, like, closing up the deflector shield? I thought that was fucking wild. Well, it was, like, your closing up the, the warp Sorry. coil. Yeah, like the, the reactor. It's a it's it had blast dreadnought doors. class. Yeah. So the idea is it was getting into a battle mode, so it was yeah. defending all of its weak points. At least that's the, the, what I thought it was doing. Well, that's exactly what I thought. Is it was it, it like he uh, explains, like that commander explains, it's built unlike any other Federation ship. Low crew. It's yeah, skeleton yeah, crew, crew and, and built for uh, for actual action. And it's interesting because it isn't even in the TV show. It isn't even until Voyager. That the Federation starts making military-style st- ships. DS9, even, DS9. No, no. Even the DS9. That was that ship was uh, what is it? Uh, retrofitted to be a military ship. Not it wasn't created to be a military ship. Hang on. Let's get on to the mythology in a second. I, I, hold on. I just want to test your. I just want to test your knowledge because you said something kind of fucked up. And I just want to see if we're on the same. I'm page. just trying to remember. What, what do you call this? Hmm? What do you call this? Isn't that the tractor thing? This is deflector, deflector. Okay, deflector beam, deflector dish. Yeah, deflector dish. Okay, okay. that's almost closing. <laughs> okay, yeah. On the vengeance. Okay, no, I just just want to make sure we're on the same page. You call it the warp core. Oh no, I did, I did. Yeah, okay. Oh, and you're right. And the warps are in the two um, on the, tails. The cells in the back. All right. So actually, what does it do? Basically, deflects. No, no. What does the warp? Uh, what, do, what do the warp cores do? Go to warp speed. No, how? But how does it do it? How? Mm-hmm. Well, when I took my uh, advanced uh, Starfleet <laughs> physics training, it was a couple of years ago. They used ago, the lithium crystals to create, to create antimatter warp bubbles that surround the ship 
so that the ship has no mass. Therefore, it can travel at at and above the speed of light because there's no resistance. It's interesting to see that they they uh, wrote well, into right, the plot the like more than warp speed. You look like so multiple. proud of yourself right now. <laughs> you read the technical manual, didn't you, for the next generation? I, I'm, a, I'm really good friends. With, I grew up with a really uh, trekky fan, um, a really trekky type guy, and it, the science Trekker. is. Like, yeah, Trekker yeah. is the proper nomenclature. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not talking about a man who built the railroad here, dude. <laughs> the um, <laughs> the science behind it is actually pretty solid because climate. even though it's all bullshit, 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 it's grounded on you know they're not they're grasping at real straws as opposed to imaginary ones. Well, right? like we are from about, Earth too. It's like we talked science about in works. the preview, right? I mean, the goal was to uh, explore space with with yes. I mean, realistically envisioned advancements in technology. Right? Yeah. Unlike Gene Roddenberry. Well, <laughs> Punch it. Was it hyperdrive? What was light speed? Hmm? It was light speed from the hyperdrive in Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah, hyperdrive was speed of light. The speed of light. The, um, Lame. Even though they still don't, re- like, they can't travel across That's the galaxy. That's a constant in all sci fi, though. But it can make for, the, for it can any make sci-fi the epic run. To, to exist, the civilizations have to have light speed. Or faster than. Yeah, or faster than or warp Equal or techno- faster than technology. Light speed, yeah. Or at least bending the space time yeah. <laughs> The uh, okay, so let's With reference the preview that we did. Oh, no, do. it came from my brain. Okay. Shake <laughs> you having a moment. Sorry, I'm wearing a Scott Pilgrim t shirt. I can't help it. <laughs> Scott uh, Spock. Spock, Spock Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Alright, let's reference the, the preview show that we did do no. for uh, Into Darkness, and I think we actually covered off a lot of good points because I think we were right, all of us to some degree, about what this movie would entail. I said it would be awesome. <laughs> you were right. You were very, yeah. you were hundred percent accurate on that one. Bingo. Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting. I don't know. We can, do you want to go through the whole uh, plot points like we usually do, and everyone just listens to us later? Or do you? Well, want about to- you guys do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm having problems with my like short term memory, so I don't. No, like literally, I'm having trouble remembering the movie right now. Literally, guys, I have an issue. Can someone please? Help? <laughs> okay, so that is what I'm saying. Really quick overview. Um, what happens is Kirk is oh wait shit I think I Kirk is now the captain of the Enterprise in the opening scene he violates the Prime Directive for those of you that don't know the Prime Directive is that the Federation will not uh, interfere with the natural natural evolution of any race or planet that means they can't contact them if they and they can't and they can't modify the planet in order for it to survive if it was meant to be destroyed. They can't touch them. They can only observe them. Exactly. They can, they, 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 it's their mandate. It's a Federation peace well, they're, mandate. They're explorers, it's rule right? Which yeah. is a really interesting uh, uh, point for the, the theme of what's going on because, uh, as we mentioned earlier in, uh, um, in the preview show, essentially um, the alternate timeline, the, the, the fact that Nero came back with future technology has really put uh, Starfleet on the defensive because the Earth was attacked, right? So as such... Um, it, it's really interesting that the because you, as everyone recalls in the original series, uh, Kirk broke the prime directive like every two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and and the Starfleet was like, oh, slap on the wrist. But now they're kind of anal about it because of the fact that they're on the defense, so they don't know. Like they're scared of what's out there at this point, right? So. Just I thought it was a really hilarious moment when they're like, ah, they barely even saw us with the indigenous species on that planet that they saved. And then, and then they're, they're literally drawing that, that well, like, archaic symbol of the well, uh, was Enterprise. Kinda, it was almost like foreshadowed a little bit because the very first part is them like sprinting through this forest. And then um, and they were like wearing all the coverings or whatever. And then and then he's like, "What did you take?" And he's like, "I don't know." But they were bowing to it, you know. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, obvious, took it's religious, religious artifact. Their religious artifact. But it's obvious that they like 
they believe have, in a certain type of god, yeah, right? right? So then for them all of a sudden to be worth They completely change their god archetype. Oh, right, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I totally saw that coming. Like, <laughs> so, but let's go back for a sec, just because... Uh, Yes, this is about Star Trek in the Darkness, but I feel that it's Star Trek's a very much of a universe uh, uh, theme, and, and like I just want to talk about the Prime Directive because I thought it was excellent how they incorporated it into the Enterprise show. If you remember the episode exactly, where are you talking about the three gender race? No, that was in that was, it was in the Enterprise one where they the one where they went on this planet because they were trying to find more. They didn't call him dilithium at the time. They called it some other kind of fuel. And uh, they, uh, Trip couldn't find the right ones, so he actually went up and just started talking to people, not really paying attention to anything, and was just starting to tell about their whole culture. Uh, to literally imagine if someone just fucking walked into your house and was just like, hey, do you got any uh, so-and-so fuel? And you're like, oh, maybe. Well, And then you just start talking to him. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm from outer space. Oops. I'm from outer space, and this is my fucking blaster, and all this have this warp theories. And uh, quite literally, it got him in shit. And I just remember Archer saying, well, uh, I think Starfleet needs some kind of, you know, uh, some kind of protocol, some kind of directive to prevent us from happening again, because they literally had they end up destroying the whole planet, or almost almost destroying the whole planet. Yeah. And I always just thought that that was a good way to reference. I was digging Enterprise before it got cancelled, and I always try to find references to how J.J. Abrams was working, because that that one was before Kirk, right? Right, yeah. No, that was the first ship that was sent on an exploratory uh, mission with warp coils on it, right? And I thought it was a really good nod, because it was actually in this movie. That first Enterprise? NX-01, yeah. yeah. NX-01, because they're sitting on fucking Robocop's desk there when they were... Oh, right, the yeah, pan. they did the pan of the like, bigger of ship, bigger ship, bigger fucking, ship. Yeah, of like the, the sailboat, the, da, 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 the actual the Columbian spaceships, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Zephyr Calkin ship was there. And, and then, of the, course, there's the, the, the Vengeance as yeah. well at the very and end. And the Vengeance, yeah, you're right, was there. Which is, oh, man, they, that's where I feel that they buried the lead a little bit. Is I mean, we're getting just a little bit ahead because this is after the fact that... Uh, um, John Harrison has made his two attacks the first one at the archive which right. you find out is a secret base where they're working on new technologies and uh, section 31 which is referenced in the show yeah exactly and then the second attack being on Starfleet headquarters during the meeting of all the different commanders captains blah 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 um, after that fact they're uh, they're chatting about uh, about how that commander thinks that war is already coming and it's just like I wish that I mean of course they're they're getting a second chance and no longer getting so much of a it wasn't even a slap on the wrist right like Kirk's career could have been over mm-hmm. it, with what happened and with what he was threatened with but then of course this attack once again at the last minute like he's about to be thrown out of the academy in the first one <laughs> and they're like we gotta get to Vulcan all hands on deck yeah. and then Bone sneaks him on he figured it out because but, but the attack like, on the library was as much as we found out it wasn't bullshit it really was to get them all into that one room. It was, yeah. yeah. Kill totally. them all off. But yeah. it was the Which commander's idea to start war with the Klingons. was kind of like... He's warmongering. Poo-pooing it or whatever. Like, no, no. Like, what are you talking about? Kind of thing. Because he knew it was like a secret facility. And mm-hmm. that's why the possibility of him robbing it. But then Kirk was bang on as fucking usual. <laughs> Setting up the uh, deus ex machina from one of the first scenes as well. With mm-hmm. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch coming in there, I can save your daughter. Which was interesting because now, whose daughter was that? That he was, was he was just uh, another a high-ranking official within Section Thirty-One. So he was he was right because he's the one that blew himself up. Yeah, to, uh, to, he was, was in really on. Cool. Yeah, he science as a bomb. <laughs> the ring in the water. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. The um, and how it kept like it was. It wasn't like a one big explosion. I liked how it was kind of like. Boom, boom, boom. Like it kept reacting oh, almost. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was really well done. One of the parts that we over 
shot, which I think was the whole theme of the movie. And I think yeah, the theme I think of you're this right. Whole, this whole thing is the fact that the biggest problem that happened during this planet and the Prime Directive was the fact that Kirk broke the Prime Directive to save Spock's life. They well, couldn't beam him out of the volcano. Technically, they broke the, the Prime Directive to try and save the species, which is which shows right. that I mean, he's he was told he was playing God, but it almost shows that he's he. Take a look at what happened to his father in space, right? Mm-hmm. And take a look at what he's seen so far. I mean, he's seen some traumatic space situations. Dad. Basically, I think that he's Thor. he's acting out the yeah Thor. He's acting out this refusal to accept death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things uh, I which really is Kobayashi Maru is, again, right? Yeah, I think Pike uh, got a better death in this series than he did in the TV show. Totally. If people recall, oh, the TV show was horrible. Well, in, in uh, Christopher Pike was the original captain of the Enterprise. In fact, he was in the pilot. Of the show before it got picked before up. they said change the pilot. So when he came back, he's in that fucking box and he can only talk with beeps because was it radiation poisoning? Uh, I thought it was a transporter accident, something of, the, yeah. of that sort. So he he lived like his lifetime as like a cripple, yeah. and then he went through that whole thing before he died. But yeah, yeah so I think uh, no, Pike in this series is like they've, they've well, he's his father. He, they've he's created that figure. fucking yeah. they've created that Pike character. J.J. Abrams like went above and beyond, and Damon Lindelof like I think they did amazing with that Pike character because literally he was very very unknown only to the hardcore Trekkies, Trekkers, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, uh, only known to the hardcore. As yes, he was the original. Like there was a whole pilot not many people seen mm-hmm. of the original Star Trek. That was a CBS or Paramount or whoever the fuck. The I network. think it was CBS. So CBS that says we like the concept, but you need to change. And then you it's need to change. Gene Roddenberry a whole list of shit to change, and he including fucking, Kirk. And he did it. Adam yeah, Kirk. and he's like, I get rid of, uh, get rid of this guy as captain, right? So. And then they brought him back. When was he in that fucking beatbox? That was the, the, the next, beatbox. <laughs> the next generation, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was the original series. They land on a I planet he and it came was, back as the, the, in the next gen too. No, no, no. Part. You're thinking about that admiral, the admiral that's taking the fucking drugs to make himself younger. You remember? There's this admiral that he's like he's older, but he can still walk and stuff. And okay, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Because there was that one, and then there's Scotty comes back in the next generation as well as McCoy. Kirk even comes back. Shatner? No, not Shatner. But oh. Kirk comes back. Oh, when? <laughs> There's that episode where it's they they call back the Trouble with Tribbles episode actually, <laughs> and yeah. they That's use DS Nine. Yeah, uh, is it? Oh, maybe it's not Kirk. Maybe it's Bones. Yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah, in, the, Bones, in, the pi- in the pilot of, Bones X, is of, the pilot of TNG, of next yeah. Gen, yeah. Right and well, he's, and they, he's an and they, admiral at that point too. Well, yeah. and they go back. They they talk about the time rift and everything, and and they have to go back to the original Enterprise and save them from the Tribbles mm. because somebody placed a that's, bomb inside a Tribble. That's DS Nine. That's DS Nine. Okay, that's the time travel. I was talking yeah. about. That one was funny. Actually, yeah. that was a good one because you got to see the old Klingons without the fucking rigid yeah. forehead. Speaking of, I really like the Klingons. The, the adaptation in this. Yeah, okay, I so think that some Star Trek. I, I like the really redesign of the. It, well, they weren't bird of, birds of prey, but the the, the they resembled them. Yeah. yeah. Let's quick go back. Okay, so anyway, so uh, John Harrison, they get a brief overview of how this guy was a working for Section Thirty One. Right. Yeah. And then, so okay, he ends up. That's what you think whole, at first, yeah, right? He it's, ends it's up shooting this whole place. Fake story after fake Kirk story. Gets him, uh, Kirk gets the fucking ship that he's using, uh, breaks the ship, but just before it crashes, uh, Kirk and fucking Cumberbatch or uh, but, Harrison get eye to eye, and he beams out. But not before he fails at saving Pike, which I think he takes really, really hard. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and because it shows, it shows him trying to get Benedict Cumberbatch's character trying to disable that ship, and. He's trying this, that, and the other thing. Meanwhile, like people are dying, and like he, he, I mean, he, it's not that he takes his time, but I mean, if you really want to call a spade a spade, like he didn't do it fast enough to save Pike, 
and Spock, I think that he feels that way. Spock was there. He mind melds with who's fucking. who's fascinated with death at this point. Yeah. I think this is a very interesting adaptation for the character, or at least an evolution of the character. Since and he talks about it himself towards the middle of the movie about losing Vulcan and losing his mother and losing so much of his that culture. That was a pretty good speech. And, and, you think I don't care? Yeah, it's quite the opposite. I choose not to feel because I care so much. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I found it really interesting that he when Pike dies, he wants to mind meld with him so he can experience what he's Death experiencing. Like, yeah. Which I was hoping it was a bit, I was hoping there was more to that. You know what I mean? Like I'm hoping for like flashes. I'm hoping for some like he was trying to get Pike's memories and he was trying to do something. You know something what I mean? to but advance the story. Something. No, I think yeah. it was purely emotional. Which I don't made, think. I don't think. Don't get me wrong. I didn't like it. Uh, I don't get me wrong. It's not like I didn't like it. Oh, it, they could do a callback later on to something like that. With yeah. That. Yeah. Totally. So could have okay. gleaned something. So we find out after uh, the investigation that well, where did Harrison transport to? Sure, shit. He's in like a fucking the same thing that uh, Scotty used in the first one. The portable trans- transport. Transport or something like that. Okay, so what? What's and he's that, that that plays into two parts in the movie. So what's happened is Scotty in the first movie invented a way to uh, warp be, uh, while st- or a teleport while still in warp, which is kind of a big deal because this is something that um, Spock gave him. Right. Uh, I never Sp- thought of Spock that. Prime gave him the formula that he would eventually invent, but way earlier than he invents it. Because he's got to save the the situation that Nero has changed, the ripple in time, Precisely. Right? So, um, the the plot device here, though, is the... Careful. Yeah. <laughs> the plot device uh, with this uh, action, though, is twofold. Um, it looks like John Harris uh, is using it as it's for a terrorist weapon, which really pisses off Scotty, but number two, it, the Vengeance uses it. Yeah. Right? Well, I, f- I found it very interesting that uh, he talks about how he he uh, Starfleet uh, borrowed his his code, and I mean he basically he had to give it to them because like they, how, they would have to explain how he they used it, it yeah. right? Yeah. But and uh, and how that that again plays into these these ripples, which I I love. Like you said before, J.J. Abrams is a stickler for the continuity, and I love that they're really exploring how like. These actions have consequences. Yeah. You you give this technology, whether it be directly to the Starfleet or just um, by by seeing it by proxy uh, proximity rather mm-hmm. with the Nero ship, which we heard was in the comic book was actually like Borg tech taken over by Romulans from the future. Or, 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 or Zach telling me that? I thought that was rather interesting. interesting. I don't know any of that, <laughs> but it seems interesting, and I find it fascinating that that would be. It is. I, I, w- I wouldn't think. If anything, I would have I would have thought it was Cardassian technology, not um, Borg. It did tech. look kind of gloom and doom, like Borg style, but yeah, but the Borg are uh, anyway. Uh, it just seems like it'd be something they put in through into the comic book after the fact. It's just like we'll stick some shit in there. That people like, very Borg. possibly. Yeah, Borg, that's Borg, good. Borg. I, um, I wanted to. Uh, I'm, now, what I was going to say is, um, it seems like this is thematic throughout the series as a whole because of the fact that um, um, the movie opens with the Prime Directive. Um, clearly. Um, uh, the effects of what happened in the first movie are a complete violation of uh, the Prime Directive if you apply it to temporal, uh, to time travel. Yeah. Because essentially what, what Spock did, he broke the Prime Directive for the timeline. He interfered in the timeline, thus creating a parallel universe, or uh, the alternate timeline, right? But his way of, of reasoning is... But, but, no, no, it's still bullshit. But, I mean, it's... The, but, but that being said, it's Spock from the Prime timeline where they broke the Prime, prime Directive all the time, right? Yeah. Um, but what I was going to get at is, more importantly, it's an origin of our villain. Our villain, uh, the, the John Harrison, exists in this at this point 
because of the violation of all uh, of the prime directive because they decided after being attacked by the ship that Nero was captaining and the destruction of Vulcan that to uh, explore more to explore more aggressively to militarize to at least like Start collecting information. Okay, and, and so intelligence. It, was, it wasn't anything to do with military at that point. It was, it was intelligence. Just, it was defensive militarism. More aggressively. Yeah. And, yeah, and instead of just being like, let's see where we go, it's like, no, we need to kind of let's fucking search go. pattern. Yeah. yeah. We need to search everything around our borders so we know what's in our borders before we decide to go mm-hmm. further. Sure as shit, they find a They find the crew of 73. Yeah. Precisely. And, um, and it's interesting because it wouldn't be until the TV show that this villain gets discovered. Years later, it's actually probably three years into their five-year mission that he gets discovered, right? The um, so where are we at? Okay, he beams the Chronos, which I thought I really want to focus on this part a little bit because here's something that we always everyone would kind of demand it. But the first one that the kind of fandom was pissed off that we didn't get to see was one of the staple of Star Trek villains, or not even so much villains anymore, but characters, Klingons. Yeah, never got to see him. They were actually a deleted scene. Uh, in uh, the original story, yeah, I'm the original. To why? Uh, what happens is Nero. Nero comes. And he was call- still waiting for Spock to get there. So remember, it's 20 years when he got there until Spock showed up. Yeah. So he's just kind of chilling in the exact same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And these fucking Klingons come, and uh, I think Nero. He, they capture Nero, but to show Nero's strength, he fucking takes him out because that's where he got those bugs. Those. Uh, Right, yeah, the truth worms the or truth, whatever. The truth worms. I, all I remember is when we went and saw the we went. It's on, it's on the DVD or the Blu-ray on the on the special features. Yes, midget. When we saw it was kids. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like that was that was one that kind of sticks out in my head. Is interesting. They filmed it. I actually kids, haven't right? even seen it, but what, I think they refer to it. I I have to rewatch again. But when uh, when Ahura is talking about the transmission, she's talking about how like on the edge of. Romulan space, like it was a Romulan a transmission, bird, but it was it was Klingon warbirds that got, got destroyed. destroyed. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. So a lot of the fans wanted to, to see see fucking Klingons, and sure as shit, they get to see some fucking Klingons. Here they are, and I love how I, I mean, I want to say just like I was right a thousand times in a row because like I loved the fact that they played them down, their presence in the movie. They showed you them. They showed the, how the mask looks more like the traditional uh, like Klingons the from the predators. shows. They yeah, did, they did. Yeah. They take the mask off, and then they're like even more gruesomely like uh, you know head forehead ridgy, and well, like they've got it, it, piercings. Plus, their, and, uh, their eye irises are different than human mm-hmm. irises, right? They look a lot more alien than they ever did on the mm-hmm. show, um, which is interesting because on the original TV show they didn't look very. They look Mongolian on the original TV show. Oh, they're and it's just those very Mongolian, like, <laughs> even in their costume. Mongolian. There's always just those one-offs that fucking uh, Abrams and Lindelof put in these movies. That really make it seem more, I guess, down to earth. Excuse the pun. Um, namely, like just always the, the shots that uh, fucking Bones is saying, and one of the ones that really stick out for me is when they're on their way. Cape fucking uh, Harrison goes to Kronos. He's in this unmanned province. So uh, what's his name again? The Robocop. Oh, uh, Peter Weller. Well, no. What's his character? I can't name? remember his. Mar- oh, Admiral Marcus. Admiral Marcus. Admiral Marcus, Marcus, Admiral Marcus says to Kirk, "You can have your ship back with Spock and everyone else." Just go and destroy the shit out of this, uh, out of the province, the unfucking manned province that he's in, uninhabited province, from so many light years away, mm-hmm. on so, the edge of so Federation they get space. The, so he gives them these special missiles. Gets there, there's a problem with the warp core, so they couldn't get as close as they could. And then Spock kept drilling Kirk that you know this is illegal, you can't just kill someone without trial. This is bad news. So Kirk finally changes his mind. And it's like, okay, let's take an away team. Let's go down and get Harrison, i.e. they get down there. They see the Klingons. Harrison saying the ball. Anyway, the whole point. They're spotted like, instantly. Like, this is just like. What I like that. Thing going it. wrong after thing going wrong after thing going wrong. One of my favorite one-liners that I'm talking about, or one, those little kind of ha-ha moments, is when he puts fucking Sulu in charge. 
And it's just like you put an open con signal to wherever he's at. Yeah. And you fucking tell him that he's got these warheads and he's like, Well, I don't know if I can handle this. I've never been at the chair. Then literally two seconds he gives this most epic war speech I've ever heard in my life with totally bones right beside yeah. him, right? If you test bones me, you like, will fail. Yeah. Bones <laughs> is like, I may not to ever mess with you. That's I, such a great scene. I just find moment. it's those moments that like, that fucking Lindelof and, and Abrams do a lot in all the movies that they do. Some great callbacks too, with uh what I'm not a Weapons technician, I'm a doctor, man. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, man. And uh, out of all of them, they did amazing casting with all these characters. And out of all of them, I love Carl Urban. Carl Urban's. And his, it's a direct ripoff of fucking DeForest Kelly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even a spin on it. He's a fucking doing an imitation, and it's still so fucking awesome. I find. Oh, it's so good. I love his introduction in the first Dread. movie, too. When he's, sit- yeah. <laughs> when he's sitting <laughs> next to. Uh, yeah. Lost whole planet in the divorce. You know, yeah, all I got left is my bones. Is that actually off? Is, is that where bones started in the original? No, they've only just called them bones. They've never they, really. They never gave it a backstory. Yeah, that's even that more backstory. fucking awesome. Exactly. That's even more awesome. Um, okay, I just wanted to make that comment because I fucking that Sulu part I thought was gold. I absolutely loved it. Really great to actually see. I mean, the, the origin story. You, you don't have as much time for that interaction between the different like lovable characters and iconic characters from the first series and you got that a lot more in this one I feel like you got to see interaction between Sulu and Bones and you got to see Uhura and Kirk talking a little bit more and not not fighting bickering like they just met each other and she thinks that he's pompous and arrogant yeah. and now she has like a little bit of respect for him and they're bonding over their like clashing with Spock which I thought well, was hilarious it was, it, was, it was that moment as they're on their way to Kronos it's Spock, Kirk and Uhura and I find that's when you get the most emotional Spock well, he gets more emotional towards the end. But you get a real emotional spark of that, and I think it's fucking amazing. Like, Uhura's all pissed off at him because he doesn't show emotion, and you don't... If he's well, then don't fucking date a Vulcan. No, right. No <laughs> kidding, right? But he's a half but, uh, And that's what Kurt said. Well, I'm addressing the half-human side yeah. of you then. Yeah. Vulcans and, do not lie. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I find... Cannot lie. Oh, fucking... Uh, it was, it's Zachary Quinto, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. He fucking nails that. Siler. Siler. <laughs> Fucking love heroes, man. He's such a great choice for the Spock character, though. And anyway, yeah. so that scene is really, really good where he's talking to Ohura's all pissed off at him because he almost died in that volcano and didn't seem like he gave a shit. And then he goes into the big spiel about. But he's like, actually, I, I gave much. the most shit ever. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and he's Which like, he's like, pants and he's like, many shits yeah. that I'm giving woman. I love how he schooled them when he's just like, I wasn't choosing not to feel because you guys were going to lose me. I was choosing not to feel because I was going to fucking die. Yeah. Like, throw me a bone here. Uh, okay, so what happens after that? Well, well so they're fighting they, Klingons. And, and then no, John Harrison saves them from the Klingons. By beating the shit out of everyone. Yeah, and then, And then, of course, uh, he confronts them. And uh, he immediately asks how many warheads they have. This is the part that I thought was just a little bit weak because, I mean, just how clearly outgunned and out outmatched they are by him. Like, he can easily destroy these three uh, yep. these three people in front of him. And he asks how many, and he gets the magic number of 72. He knows this. How many warheads This is his family. And he just, fucking Chinese he guy just, couldn't talk straight. He just yeah. drops the gun, and it's just I, like, I, I surrender. And Kirk, like, you can tell he doesn't like it, yeah, but... Like, it just, I don't know, there's something about it that drove me crazy. Well, what I loved is how they followed up with uh, Kirk kind of like taking out some stress on, on his face. Yeah. And it's just not phasing him at all, right? Yeah. So immediately, you know, well, something's I mean, up he, with John Harrison. He just jumped like a hundred yeah. feet. So without, well, I'm, you know what, without bearing the lead too much, um, the point is he's, he's genetically modified. He's a superhuman. And I think that, that was he's a relic the, of the eugenic the, wars. The first clue What's to the, that. The first clue to that was the fact that his blood saved the little girl at the beginning, right? Yeah. So. 
Which is, so they bring him into the break. He goes into this big fucking spiel about how he's superhuman and his real name is Khan. And yeah. I was right. God. I think at that point everyone knew. Yeah, everybody knew for a while. Well, they've 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 said it. It's not even an all but said it thing. Like they've said that John Harrison is a ruse, and this is based on the Khan character. But yeah. for him to actually come out and finally confirm like his name, yeah. Is Khan. More, more importantly, I really what I really like is the change in Khan in this because in uh, in the original TV show, um, Khan was very arrogant in the sense that he had already he already had his family and he was ruler of this kind of like well yeah. he, they were derelict Sect. and then and then if, if for those that uh, don't know the original team show uh, Kirk and Spock encounter Khan uh, Khan's ship the ship that is found in space they unthaw his entire crew and they're kind of guests on the Enterprise and at first they're civil but Khan shows his arrogance and tries to take over the, the Enterprise um, basically what ends up happening is uh, Kirk is able to outsmart him and leave him, leave him derelict on, on, on a moon Mm-hmm. For which 30 is, years. Which is pretty interesting <laughs> because of this movie. Well, because then there's... Well, have you shit. seen Star Trek II? Wrath of Khan? Mm-mm. Good movie. Oh, that, like, that's, movie. that was we the were... template for this movie. It's yeah. very much of a fucking... Like I said in the preview, they, they, they took fucking Star Trek The Motion Picture, shoved it out the window, and like, what do people want? They want a re- direct from the series. Let's give them the <laughs> What best. do people want? Star Wars. <laughs> let's, give <them> Star Wars. <laughs> let's, give them, let's give them the most direct reference from the series we ever have. First fucking scene is around the very same, I want to say, fucking Nimbus 3 or Nimbus 4 is one of those fucking planets that he was stranded on. Anyway, they go right back to that last shot in the fucking series, and that's the opening shot to Star Trek 2. And then that's when um, the Defiant, or not, the, the Reliant? The Reliant the yeah. that gets fucked up. That's when the Reliant is coming in on it to survey. I thought that was just amazing. Yeah, the only yeah. thing they fucked up on was the line, is because Chekhov wasn't in the series. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov wasn't in the series, <laughs> but he's in the movies. I yeah. saw him on the monitor from the engineering room. <laughs> <laughs> I remember your face. And every fan was like, did. no! Oh, you don't, you asshole! You fucking liar! You, you're acting like you belong. <laughs> that's so funny. But that's still—I thought that was awesome. How they completely like, okay? Let's go right back. But, to no, the but that was Con who said that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I never forget a face. Yeah, it's Con. But then I, you ever see the interview with the actor? Yeah, he was yeah. like we never understood that, or we never got. I never saw after. the show. And then he's yeah. like, "There's a story that he always used as actors where he's like, Con has a very small bladder, and he was waiting for the bathroom, and then Chekhov was taken there, right. and he comes back, like, I'll never forget your face.' <laughs> that's so. See, that's a robot so chicken good. sketch. Yeah, <laughs> totally is. Um, what I loved about the Khan adaptation, though, is that it showed, like you said, like he's very arrogant because he's already king of his castle in the series. He's been uh, put on the after, defensive after in the this movie. after the thirty years on the moon, right? I mean, yeah. of course they discover him, thought, but in this one, he's 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 fighting to save his crew, right? He's yeah. fighting to actually make sure that they don't perish and that he can. And so it, it sets it up that, uh, and I mean, I don't want to bury the lead again, but oh, like this isn't the, this isn't this isn't the last of Khan is all I'll say, and yeah. and this isn't he's got his crew too, like no one's been destroyed. Yeah. There's 73 of these eugenic well, superhumans. Say what you will, they are valuable. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, he genetic finds. They, okay, so how the story goes when he's in the brig? To those that are paying attention, they're following us and not going out to watch the movie. And if you haven't, go out and watch the goddamn movie. Basically, he's in the brig, and fucking Khan tells him everything, because I don't know if you guys remember that Khan even cracked a fucking tear in this one. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting take on the character, because uh, what's the actor's name? I don't know. You've never seen him cry in the original Khan. Anyway, so he starts going on to this whole spiel about how his family is his crew, the seven, 73, or 72 yeah. of them. And what would you and do, Kirk, to save was, yours? Marcus, when they explored the gal- or universe, Shadowing. they explored the universe, they found their, what was it, chip, pod, fucking planet, wherever the hell they were at. They found him. They unthought him. 
basically to find out who he was, he told them who they were, told them who he was, and Marcus then they used, put him to work. The, yeah, Marcus used his family against him and says, "I'll kill everyone if you don't give us your superior knowledge or everything to help us." Well, to help us because during the eugenics war, uh, Khan controlled most of Asia. In fact, that's actually where where he gets his name from. Uh, he Khan Singh or something. But Khan Singh. Uh, the Khan bit was in, in the TV show. He says it's because he admired Genghis Khan. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the whole idea was during the eugenics war, during when the war was in in chaos, he uh, he essentially was the most benevolent of all the rulers of the uh, of of the world at the time. Because uh, for those of you that aren't really into Star Trek, basically the, what differs from Star Trek from our world is that they had World War Three. World War Three pu- uh, put us at the brink of of extinction, and then the warp drive was created. And that kind of changed well, everything. A drunken asshole looking. Well, to, the Vulcans looking for a quicker way. To, looking for a quicker way to get to Hawaii. <laughs> first yeah. contact. So yeah. So what ends up happening is uh, yeah. First contact happens, and then uh, humanity starts uh, inv- advancing uh, technologically and genetically. Humanity and, and starts they, sticking together. And this yeah. is why the, the yeah. this is why Star the World the, peace the, happens. This right? is why the Federation has such a, a hard on for peace as well. Is because yes. they don't want to repeat the World the War mistakes III. of the past. Yeah. Which is which is kind of what I, I can see a lot of hardcore uh, Star Trek fans really hating about J.J. Abraham's uh, series is the fact that it's like peace has been thrown out the window in totally. the series. You know what I mean? Well, I think – well, look who came back and changed it all. Fucking Nero. You know what I mean? Like he was literally a – he was literally – I'm going to say he wasn't a warmonger. He was a fucking miner. But his soul – he was hellbent on revenge. Nothing else. Didn't care about talks. Didn't care about and money. It he wanted people to suffer what he felt. It was accidental that he went back in time as well, right? Yeah. But, but look at still it this way too. Death, right? With like Vulcan, with Vulcan gone uh, – because Vulcan's all but gone – the Federation's next strongest races would probably be the what would it? Uh, humans? Uh, are you talking about within the Federation? Within the Federation, usually the Vulcans Jesus. are kind of top dogs because of the fact that yeah, yeah, they predate humans. everyone warp dri- warp drive wise because mm-hmm. they kind of formed the Federation, right? Was, they showed them. Yeah, no, but with, hold on. with humanity, with humans, they formed the Federation. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of no, it was it wasn't as Andorians was the other ones. Yeah, but they took a while to convince. Remember, but they still were there for Archer's speech at the end. Yeah, and there was another one. No, but the point the point I'm trying to stress know, is I'm just curious, now man. that the Vulcans the Vulcans are out of the picture, as it were, as the top uh, the, dogs. the humans are kind of in charge of making sure that the Federation and Starfleet uh, stay intact, right? And, and we stay kind of true to our history with somebody in power thinking that yeah. the best uh, yeah. the best defense is a strong offense. Yeah, and they don't have the Vulcans there to kind of talk them off the ledge. Yeah, right? exactly. In the peaceful yeah. race because Vulcans were very much well. Spock is a re- <laughs> <laughs> Spock is a representation of how useful it is to be. Both Vulcan and human, right? I mean, he's got the the fire and the strength of of uh, humanity, and and the ability to uh, you know work on emotions and work on that that. What Kirk said, one of my favorite lines from the movie, uh, this new one, is he's like, "I don't know what I should do. I only know what I can do." Can do, do. and yeah. that's it's so indicative of his character. But and, and Spock kind of learns a lesson from that, right? He's just like, "Okay, well, sometimes it is about what you can do versus what you should do. You shouldn't overthink everything. You shouldn't be Hamlet every time," and uh, and it shows that like. As a team, humans and Vulcans, even though they disagree, <laughs> bag of cats, uh, that, that shows the strength together. Fucking, he thinks there's food. <laughs> All right. The, um, keep going. Keep no, no, because I really want to get into the point later on is I think the whole fucking con, 
is very much a subplot to what this movie was all about. Well, I think there's two. And you're talking about what this movie is all about. Is the fucking relationship of Kirk and the between Kirk and Spock and Kirk's own inner fucking demons. I think I think this this movie did a good job of like rounding off their their uh, tumultuous beginning as as friends, right? It really like solidified their friendship. Yeah. From the I mean, you got the five year mission, right? From the start of that, according to the Star Trek that we know and love, like that is their their bond. They're they're friends for all time, and and uh, and Spock's no yes man. You know, like he actually challenges Kirk and, and shows him logic. But uh, the two things, pieces of fallout that I find are going to, I hope are going to come from this is one, you got Khan still kicking. He's frozen again, but something tells me that he's going to be the one that unthaws first, whether it be by his own mm-hmm. doing, his own design or a faulty mechanism or whatever. Uh, or And he's going to want revenge on Spock. He's going to want revenge on Spock, totally. And he's, and he's going to unthaw the other eugenics, which is going to yeah. cause a big problem. And you know what I think is going to happen is these two stories are going to interject because the other one is the fact that the Klingons have been attacked. And they're not going to like this very yeah, much. Yeah, they're they're very much the going to be. Uh, and then this is going to solidify that the Federation should, that Starfleet should uh, militarize to defend themselves at the very least. It's going to show yeah. that like they're going to get attacked again from from the Klingons. And then I think, I mean, you never know how long this series is actually going to go. This franchise, how long J.J. Abrams and Damon, Damon Lindelof are going to have it. But what I think is going to happen is <laughs> that it's going to be Khan's return that actually galvanizes. And unites the Klingons and the and the humans, or at least the, the Federation, because I think that he's going to be such a formidable adversary that doesn't care about who he attacks it's because ca- it's because gonna, he's kind yeah. of fascist, right? He's superior, and therefore no other being he knows deserves fact. to live, right? Yeah. And so I think that if you if you extrapolate far enough into the future, it's going to be Klingons versus humans, and then Khan's going to come and start fucking both sides up, and they're going to look at each other and go. Hang on, maybe we should shake hands for now, and that starts the shaky alliance and allows like Worf to be on the Enterprise Next Generation style. You know, because yeah. Keith, they already explored that option when the, the fact that for the brief twenty half hour minute period in this movie, they have to do that already. You know what I mean? Where they realize that Marcus in this massive fucking warmongering ship is a bigger bigger threat. Yeah, than, yeah. And enemy of my you know, enemy is my friend. Yeah, he says exactly. that literally. So they already fucking explore that, which I found was very interesting when uh, when they finally got aboard. The vengeance in a, and to me it was another amazing scene, which when I seen the scene in the trailers, I'm like, this is exactly like them fucking going down to the drill in Vulcan in the first one, and when she references exactly, and I I find as a filmmaker. You can copy yourself if you make fun of yourself, and that's exactly what fucking Abrams did. Well, and up but the, the fact ante, that right? he was just like, "Well, I did this before," you know, we he was did going, it before, but it, this one was a lot worse. This had yeah. debris, right? Yeah. You up the ante, and you make it even more crazy. But I just love the fact that he, he referenced it, right? And, it's very uh, self-aware. Yeah, as soon as uh, they get like aboard that. the vengeance, I appreciate that. As soon as they get aboard the vengeance, where Kirk finally looks at the sky and was just like, "As soon as we." T- to complete our mission, fucking shoot uh, Harrison or shoot Khan. You know something that we've uh, we've glossed over a little bit, and I honestly thought that she had such shining moments, but also some really like shaky writing. I think the, the shakiest writing of the whole movie comes from Alice Eve's character, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Because well, Carol Marcus. Carol Marcus. Yeah, and it's because I mean she shows up and like she's redundant, and Spock kind of figures out that like oh you put yourself on the ship, you hacked yourself onto the ship. Turns out it's a pretty fucking good thing that they did because that's the only Plot thing that device, stops. Yeah. 
the Enterprise from being but blown out of the water right off the bat. I was wondering, I'm like, is she there for her dad? But no, she's there trying to figure out what her fucking dad's up to. Well, that's just it. I liked her character in the end. It, it worked out in the end, but I started, and maybe that is a testament to how good she was written because I started questioning. She gives a look to Benedict Cumberbatch here and there, and I'm like, mm-hmm. is she another eugenic? Is she the other thawed one? Mm-hmm. Are there 74 people that are part yeah. of this like, crew? Like, yeah. what's going on here? No, that's a good point. Uh, and so I, but I think, I think, do you I think just when think we that there's some weak the scenes. She was written like that's her. I think that's her. No, no, I think that's her. I mean, and I think it was clear in the scream. I think that's when I finally let go of my suspicion of her when when, um, Marcus is killed by Khan. And her scream of seeing, witnessing her father's gruesome, barbaric demise, right? And uh, so... uh, one thing I gotta say, like it was totally a fan pleasing shot, and like movies do have to have those, especially as summer movies, you know, blockbuster. You gotta have just a little bit of TNA. It's like customary, but I thought it was just so weakly, like slot yeah. in there. Don't turn around or don't look. Around. Don't look. Don't. Look. I said don't look. I'm not that I'm saying that she wasn't like <laughs> looking amazing, but I mean, you take a look at Iron Man three when you've got that TNA shot of like Gwyneth Paltrow with the fire behind her and looking all badass, and she ends up saving the day at the last minute. Like there was there was nothing. She was just purely just changing her costume and like she's in her brawn panties and <laughs> she's like, like turn around like it's like okay you look great but like <laughs> shaking her tits why why I know they had that there's the no they, I don't want to ruin it for anybody but there's no sex scene in the movie oh, Kirk, no, Kirk doesn't is. get down with any Orion he totally shit. does he oh, there's the tails. Right. Tails. Yeah, the twins with the tails oh that's right. my god two tails the things you can do with that shit <laughs> that's right I can't believe you're answering that phone call oh but god. no you're right there oh, was that one my tail but there was very. Very little. <laughs> Maybe it's like av- uh, Avatar, or not Avatar. Um, oh, like where they the, 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 <laughs> where they the cock and it's got to like fucking <laughs> where they have to connect. <laughs> you Awkward. fucked me, and this goes on your. <laughs> You're like, right. Yeah. That would be a good how it should have ended. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oh shit! On um, okay, so I, I think we're totally off on a fucking plot, but who really cares? We're still talking about the movie. Well, this brings yeah. us pretty close to the wrap up here. Well, like the epic scene towards the end, which was another bait and switch. I found. Compared I to thought the it trailers. was great. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. In the trailers, it everyone looks... thinks that the Enterprise is crashing into the ocean. Yeah. Oh boy, were they right? Actually, uh, <laughs> I thought that was so well done because one of the things that really Actually, caught me in the trailers was our Alcatraz. Yeah. <laughs> like I've yeah. been in Alcatraz and just seeing it get crushed by that Alcatraz? ship. Yeah, I've been there once, oh, and uh, it's so fascinating. And that's that gone. And, like, I can't believe. It. And it's such. I mean, San, like for the real fans, you Alcatraz know, San Francisco has been destroyed in like, so many fucking movies. <laughs> it's true. X Men Three. <laughs> this one, I though, I find it really interesting that. Sorry, this is me just jumping in, but. You should jump in. Ashley's here, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! The floor is yours. I've been I've been sketching pictures of Spock. Look how cute he is. <laughs> That's fucking adorable. Nice. I gave Uhura too big a tits to handle her body, though. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Art's um, life. I found it really interesting that, like, it was like 22-something. What year was it? Twenty two thirty nine, I believe yeah. it's seen up on the screen. Twenty two thirty nine fifty five. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Which isn't that far away. No, it's not. But like the prison's still there. The hospital that they went to was like the old school, like brick and mortar, like castle, like old school. Yeah, it was like a mix buildings. of things. Yeah. It was yeah. a mix and then it had like the like updated stuff behind it. Like there was yeah. the big glass yeah. tower well, or whatever, I think but I found it really new, interesting yeah. that they did that coolest thing was if you put a city that doesn't exist 
you can destroy it however the fuck you want because it can look any way like people aren't going to remember what it looked like in the beginning of the movie towards to the end so you're like oh <laughs> yeah this, if this building's falling out of the sky that's all good well so it was London that gets attacked first and it's one building that goes up and, and then when the vengeance friend. crashes uh-huh. San Francisco half like, of Fez- there's a, now that's a the second time that's that San cut Francisco out of it. fucking almost gets demolished because the San Francisco bridge got destroyed when Nero attacked no the bridge didn't that was one thing I was going to reference because I've never seen the actual bridge itself gets de- gets destroyed in any really? movie. What about X Men? X Men Three Last Stand. Magneto literally oh, yeah, he rips pulls it. it apart. Yeah, yeah. but you're right; yeah. it's it doesn't happen that often. I was going to say because I know Pacific Rim. I think is the original kaiju attack. Wow. Oh, this is my phone. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. That was a kaiju. The original, the original kaiju attack. Sure? I thought that uh, Nero's thingy falls on the bridge when it's... No, I it thought it was, beside. and then it falls okay. beside, and I was like, why okay. didn't they crash through the damn bridge? When they've got that laser, uh, not laser, the drill, yeah. the pulse drill, like, shooting right into the bay area, right right? Okay. Yeah. the Frisco Bay. But no, I was just, I was literally, because it's funny you mentioned that, because I wanted to bring it up in the preview, I'm like, will the San Francisco Bridge finally get destroyed? But I totally forgot about X3. That's how shitty that movie was. <laughs> Technically, yeah. it doesn't get destroyed, though. It gets picked up and moved. It's true. To deliver the mutant army. And the kaiju attack, I'm pretty sure that's what we To Alcatraz again. (laughs) (laughs) Poor San Francisco. I know, Always the brunt of it. So yeah, so literally it's a bait and switch from the from the preview. Such a good one, man. I was so excited. Everyone thinks that it's the Enterprise crashing into the Earth. And then all of a sudden the Vengeance shoots by them in, oh, in orbit. And I thought like... Orbit? Some, they were like fucking chilling with the clouds. <laughs> well, I mean, that's true, yeah. Because they, they had to like finally get their the core yeah, stable. enabled. Which brings us to the... Why it's a must-see. The callback. To see. Nah. What? What you nah, thought? I wasn't a fan. Let me just say this. You must see Ep- Star Trek. Really? You haven't said enough already? No, yeah. I think you have to say, I think it's a must. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, so those of the scene Wrath of Khan, which was what I was about to say before you had to bury the lead there. Or, you know, we're, we're doing the opposite. He has to do it to you every time. Get used every to it. Every time. Actually, it's funny because I don't know if anyone Love notices it. I, I, did, I, I think I did a pretty good job at hiding... Todd talking during the TEDx interviews. <laughs> you just hear, like, mumbles every so often. Well, I wasn't mic'd. I thought that was the point. But the thing is, like, you weren't supposed to talk. You were, like, talking over the people oh, that yeah, were interviewing. Yeah. That's your first time doing that. <laughs> Last Cinephiles. I'm, like, I'm like talking. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because I shot him. I'm just like, really? <laughs> okay. Go. All right. So, so you must see Star Trek. Oh, my God. Oh my God. So they redo the famous. In fact, it's, it's Spock's first. Uh, Spock's first lines when he meets uh, when Spock Prime meets uh, the Kirk in the first Star Trek remake. He says his last words to the original Kirk to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I am and forever shall be your friend." Those are his last words to Kirk before he dies in the core in Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. uh, due to radiation poisoning. So what they do is they do a switch where Kirk has to realign the core and he dies in the core because he learns a lesson yeah. from Spock in and the beginning have of the movie the, an opposite moment now what I liked about it was the fact that um, they really analyzed the scene and they said like um, of course Kirk would be afraid right like, yeah and, and, and that's his his big fear is the you know dying is, a, is dying, well that's yeah. a human emotion right well and like we talked yeah. about like he's got such an aversion to death he doesn't want to yeah, accept yeah exactly it. so that was beautiful the, what I didn't like about it is did you guys really have to fucking uh, hammer us on the head step with a bludgeon step. hammer 
about the how you've switched their roles. I got it. I got it. Like they didn't have to take it to that extreme. I think Fair I, enough. I think it's insulting to the viewer where they're like, ah, ah, see what we did? We switched the roles. Scotty's fucking quote is identical. You can't go and you're gonna flood the compartment. Like it's identical. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. The only thing he didn't say was the friend part. He said a version of it. Well, no, he's because a friendship is what yeah, no, saved him. Yeah, but he didn't say I have and always shall verbatim. be your yeah. friend. But the sentiment sure was the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Now, you know why I saved now, you? You know what pissed me? Uh, what pisses me off even more about that is the fact that who cares if he fucking dies? We just sh- we know that fucking Khan's blood can bring people That's back to what, life. What I didn't like was the dribble because they had enough foreshadowing with the the, the little, little girl. girl at the beginning. Yeah, that was that was plenty, and it's long enough away yeah, so, that it's so kind of out of sight. I'm watching it. I'm like, he's gonna fucking live. I know he's going to fucking play. Whereas in Star Trek 2, when they did the the Wrath of Khan, we didn't know if Nimoy was going to come back. We thought that was like, oh my god, Nimoy's done. Right, yeah. Like, that's that's it. Like, that's how it ends. Yes. No, literally, yeah. yeah but <laughs> but and that everyone was, that's watched that... Maybe they just thought they could get was, away with it because they have the previous... But that was another movie where, uh, very early on, where movies were at the end of credits and a lot of people missed them. For example... Um, Masters of the Universe. Skelter survives at the end of the credits yeah. of that movie, and nobody knew because nobody stayed till the end of the credits. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's it called? Um, uh, Wrath of Khan. Same deal. Whoa, whoa. What are you at, talking about? At the, at the end credits of Wrath of Khan, you see the pod that has Spock's body land on uh, the Genesis planet that was being developed in Wrath of Khan. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Which oh, means okay. that they have yeah, the no, technology to heal yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. the point of death. Okay. Do yeah. triples have eyes? No. No. Um, but what I... Just sexual them? organs that they bump together. Totally. They, like this their fur. They just breathe on what? each other. That's weird then. Maybe That's weird. What, what is that Maybe from? it's a tiny lion. Maybe. Um, or, or a Photoshop <laughs> or something. We'll see. But uh, what I... Hey, the treble I was willing to accept only if they gave me the trebles multiplying Came at the end and that should have been that would have been the, such oh, it's a <laughs> that would have been such a good after it's credit scene big. exactly because yeah. they brought it back to life just Do, well, credits, what I was saying, all you see is bones just covered in trebles just be like or no, no, or no, 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 but no bones don't, I think don't like, revive Kirk don't revive Kirk at the end of the, don't revive Kirk at the you know like basically end the movie with Kirk supposedly being oh, dead or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. And, and then, then show at the, the end you see in the, la- in the lab that the Tribbles have been multiplying even though like oh it, it, it was dead we found out that it, it was dead and it came back Just to life maybe that would somehow, be good too and then yes. somehow put him into cryostasis yeah. though him huh? with that face and maybe Bones because remember it's uh, one of the most I didn't iconic quite get why Bones scenes. was trying to get him his brain to save his brain I like what you said to end the movie that way but somehow no they could have jettisoned him into space same deal because then he would have been in cryo's cryo statement yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's true. And the and the next just movie, raw body the next movie could have opened up with Spock breaking rules to, to find his find corpse. Yeah. That would have been great. Well, and, and but what are we doing now? We're fucking JJ. I'm a freelance writer. Please. But no, fire. hold on. You just said it was disgusting how they did fucking the end scene credit. Scene yeah, scene. yeah. Uh, but we, but just wrote, we just talked about I'm saying, search for Spock. I mean, at the same time, like it's like I told you with uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I'm like, I don't, I don't think the Joker needed to be in it, but if he had to be, this is the way you do it. Yeah. So and I mean, it's we the same did thing. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's film that scene. No, well we can't because they fucking they read. No, but it just the, the scene with the triples multiplying. It, it would have been, been cool to, because of the line too. Yeah, there was a line where, where like I was talking about earlier, where like I don't know what I should do. I know what I can do, and the the Enterprise deserves somebody who knows what they should do in the captain's chair, and that's yeah. you. That's why you can't come with me, right? And he comes with them anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. and then Ahura does it the last second too. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the point being that like that would have been such a great <laughs> ending for Spock to have been given command of the Enterprise and. He's, like, he 
again. He talks. Uh, I, I would love for him to talk about the Prime Directive and then go into the speech about the five year mission. Boldly go where no one's, uh, no man, no one has gone before. And then end like, it with a little twist on it. End where, it with yeah. the twist where like the troubles have been multiplying in the in like some tiny little yeah. bay compartment in the enterprise spill out and then... while it's been repaired obviously been yeah, repaired yeah, yeah. and then like that would be the joke ending but also the it opening for the third opening one where the they're looking for Kirk his body can be saved yeah. in space somewhere Let's right film. and Spock now, is breaking a rule somehow <laughs> yeah, because, exactly. like, or because he he's dead rules actually fucking go find so him anyway my the, what i'm getting at is uh, wh- I oh, really, a movie. <laughs> I really loved. I really loved what they did with Khan in the first place. In the fact that they've completely like it's he's the same character, but because of the alternate timeline and alternate events, different he's motives. vastly different in motives and looks. Uh, and well, and well, no, he he's technically age appropriate for how he showed up in the show, but he's just not as muscular. I always yeah. thought that was a big thing with Khan is that yes, they well, he wasn't close. even muscular anyway. He was he was like there's kind of a different mindset yeah. though now. I mean, that's kind of a modern. I, I would think I would think yeah. if you're genetically enhanced, you don't have to be. Muscular. Yeah, you, you're just enhanced. Right? But it was oh, kind of pl- like, America. just because I can see better the... than you doesn't mean I have to have bulky eyes, right? <laughs> well, I'm Captain America. No, no, true, I, I true, get what true. you're saying. Yeah. But it's it. They, I, it, it was obviously Eugenics a, war makes good, great, <laughs> bad words. It was. Uh, it's <laughs> the much. serum. It's Pretty the serum much. that does it. Uh, <laughs> There's the crossover. This is starting to turn into the Pat Oswalt. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And then Wrath of the Titans and Clash of the Titans bring the gods in, and you've got a three franchise tie-in. Okay, so all owned by Disney. <laughs> Ridiculous. They're we just, we just jumped to space. Shark. JJ is They're about not to far. He's make about the jump. to. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't think you'll see him direct the third one. I think he'll pass the reins. I just well, he to has say, to. He has, he, like either right, that, or yeah. we're waiting for another Star Trek for a while. Go ahead, man. Like. When I was a kid, when I was like four and five, I used to watch Star Trek with my mom. So I obviously don't remember it, but like, like the, the original m- series, the original series, yeah. So like, see, like hearing the music and then seeing like you know, there's like space and then all of a sudden the like the top of the Enterprise, like I got chills and like actually had to grab Steve's arm and be mm. like, "This is so awesome!" It is the like, music is awesome to it. it I think the, the flow it reminded me of like. All the, all the days that I was off school sick, totally. like hanging out with cool. my mom, you know, like I used to just like, having a good time. I, so. It's funny, I didn't watch it with my parents, but I used to. I told mom like, I'm uh, taking her. <laughs> excellent, you should, it, yeah. you should. I think she'd appreciate it. Has she yeah. seen the first one, the first uh, like remake one? Uh, I think so. I think she has. Interesting. But I mean, well, we've got it anyway. Um, it's that, like, the original movie. series is the one series that I've never. Like I've, I've watched a few. I don't think I've watched them in order. Like I've watched every one of them in order, front to fucking back. Besides for the original series, maybe I should fucking start. You should. Yeah, there's some fun. really great, and like we were talking about before, like they explore some really great current civic issues for the late '60s, early '70s, and yeah. like uh, it's it's Chinaman uh, driving, a, a pioneer. Driving. Well, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but no, is it's, he it's Japanese. It's, whatever. <laughs> Sulu, yeah. I'm um, Korean. Sorry. Sakai definitely is, but um, I'm Korean. <laughs> Stephen Young comes in. He's like the alternate universe goateed yeah. Sulu. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh my god, yeah, evil Zulu. Just yeah. like Troy and Abed. Oh. I think that's what they should explore in the next one. Cross Is the mirror universe? The mirror universe, yeah. totally. And it would be great if it was like a out of fucking nowhere third act kind of thing where like they've already got the action set up and then all of a sudden it's just like 
Stop well, giving now there's a wormhole. Yeah. What the fuck? And now there's people with goatees just coming through <laughs> left, right, and center. Uh, oh, until ours grow in, you'll just have to wear these glue-on ones I made out of felt. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like, going back to what I was saying, like I really think the whole con storyline was very secondary to what the, the main plot of the story was. And to me, it was to focus on the relationship between Kirk and Spock. And the prime directive. And understanding each other's each other's minds and each other's motives. Well, yeah, okay. The, Kirk and Spock. We'll yeah. Explore them, too. Because, well, no, there's fucking... <laughs> don't don't get complicated with it. Just say the names. <laughs> <laughs> even That's what I said, right, Kirk and Spock? Don't get well, cheap on me, Dutch. <laughs> don't get cheap on me, Dutch. I don't know, like, there's so many, uh, like, partners in the world. There's fucking, I'm trying to think of, like, Batman and Robin. There's... Troy and Ovid. Troy and Ovid. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. Like, Kirk and Spock are, like... Kato and Nash. Legendary... Yeah, they're, they're one of the originals. And, Kuma. and I, television. And I think that, like, JJ was doing a good job of let's explore the reboot of these two. Let's bring Beavis these back head. into the fucking. Well, no, it's. Let's it, bring them more modern. And I it, thought it goes it was back to. Uh, it goes back to good storytelling, right? You focus on Rocky the characters and, and everything else. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy? Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, yeah. Play a Rocky and so, I mean, um, yeah, no. It, it was a good movie. I liked it. I, like, I would love to see a. <laughs> I would love to see a Funny or Die or a Robot Chicken fusion of like Rocky and Bullwinkle, but Kirk and Spock. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like <laughs> you're violating the Prime Directive. <laughs> Boris he, and Natasha come from the mirror universe. How did he sound again? The Rocky is like no, I can never sound like a little girl. Different, sure, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think that bridge is gonna hold, Bullwinkle. <laughs> but that trick never worked. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, no, that's, that's what because I used to play a pinball machine when I was a kid, like a Rocky Bullwinkle one. And when you try to push play without putting coins in, he'd go, "But that trick never works." But if you pushed it enough times, he'd go, "But that, but that, but that, but that, but that." And for the amount of times you pushed it, and then you'd come back like five in? minutes later, and then he'd be like, going. "But that trick never works." No, <laughs> never gave in. Never gave in. Fucking squirrel, eh? Yeah. Never give up. Moose and squirrel. never surrender. Um, what was I going to say? No, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> fucking Spock in this one. I thought he was. I thought he stole the show where, I, where Chris Pine uh, took Kirk, Kirk took over the first one I thought he was real like the story was centered around him he owned it everyone was shocked at how he portrayed like, I thought Spock was Spock's fucking uh, movie like, especially at the end because not only was that fucking London or San Francisco crash not really the ending there was some more right after that and mm-hmm. I'm like fuck they're gonna keep going with this right where he literally just beats the shit out of each well, other like nobody could survive that crash on, Con could on top of, yeah and he very well knew that right on top of the uh on top of the little speeder fucking thing, right? And I thought that the was transport a good, thing. good old fashioned fucking Vulcan fist fight. Totally good. Bar, and bar. I loved how the, the one nerve that fucking Kirk's always in, kind of working. Yeah. I, I liked how he was able to fight off the uh, the death uh, pinch or the nerve, the, yeah. nerve pinch. Um, just yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Spock. This go around. I don't know. What's this? Give some final thoughts there. Stevie. So badass. Some final thoughts again. Like you said, uh, it's about Kirk and Spock, and I mean the show is, but the first movie is about their rivalry, and this is about their friendship, friendship. really coming together finally, and uh, and like I said, understanding where each other come from. And I thought that was great, and I think it gave real insight into. I mean, Kirk. Kirk's big problem, I think, with, with Khan at first is he didn't understand him. He underestimated him, and I mean, he knew his strength was he knew his strength was up there, and he knew that he was no fat a match. Uh, 
physically, maybe even mentally, oh, oh, even though he 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 like um, outsmarts him in the end, right? They they use the like fact that Khan's not used to space travel and he's used to being on the. Pla- I'm glad that they allude to that, but I'm glad that they didn't use that against this 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 Khan because it wouldn't have made any sense because Khan's been working secretively for Starfleet yeah. for for like making making these new technologies. Like he's 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 got to know that you can go up and down as well as like laterally, right? Space. Gone. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I mean, maybe it was a little bit uh, overdone with the switching of the roles in in that scene with the death in the reactor. But I love that they di- still had the line in there. Like it was such a great from a moment. emotionless character. Yeah, nonetheless. yeah, exactly. And he just freaks out when when Kirk dies. I thought it was great that that was still in there. So, so many great moments with the crew. That's what really makes the show to me. And it's it, it, it was it, awesome. I mean, while it's a different aesthetic and a different kind of idea than Firefly, like one of the things that draws me to Firefly so much is the fact that the crew is the family. And like, mm-hmm. sure, the captain is in, in in command. He's like the head of the household that's floating through space. And he's the one that decides like if you, if you're on the crew or not. And I like how Kirk is just like, yeah, you, do you get it? You're on my crew, and Prime Directive, be damned! I'm saving your ass because you're my friend, and they don't say I love you, but you can tell like there's that moment where especially and I, mean, I missed you. All the internet, and then nothing, and walks away. All the internet weirdos that are like, kiss him, kiss him. They're having a field day with this movie. I I guarantee there's going to be so many memes going on about that. But uh, e- even it's looking, just, oh. even look, well, <laughs> even looking at them in press junk and like doing interviews and stuff like that it's funny to see that Kirk Spock rivalry still alive like I don't know if you've seen any but they're they're fighting with each other uh, about who can use the most big words like they're trying to like I guess J.J. Abrams because the vocabulary is supposed to (laughs) denote that the level of intelligence in humans collectively has kind of gone up right and they use bigger words throughout the I think he like he uses the word remunerate at one point and I'm like that's a big fucking word Uh, but the fact that uh, they're they're butting heads in these interviews using all these terms that J.J. Abrams have given them, like, it's hilarious. And it totally it just plays into the, the fun aspect of the movie. That's what I loved about it. It was fun without being... Uh, too much of escapism, you know, too too exploitative of just the action side of things. It was it was thick, well written. It was. There was very much action. And there was very much a very thick plot. Very lots of lots of character development, which is something I always love in a movie. I'd have to uh, give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Um, oh my goodness, what am I? Four and a half. Alice Eve in her underwears out of five. Go, uh, Ash. Final thoughts. Go now. Hurry. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm thinking. Okay. It is late too. I didn't it is pretty late. Um. I don't know. Like I said earlier, like it was, it was really cool seeing, like reliving the Enterprise, but in like our time, right? So like it in all its glory, but like updated. It, there were some parts now with fifty percent more lens like, flare. Yeah, it was, yeah. From <laughs> that was toned down a little bit. No, lens was it? A little bit. I don't think so. It's like three D lens flare now. It's just yeah. like whoa. The three D was killing me. Like oh. I'm, I'm. You like it? No, I'm oh. more of a um, depth three D person. kept going like this. Yeah. He, he I agree with you though. The more it can be a window into the storyline, into the world, instead of like jumping out into yours, yeah, I think the better. Exactly. That's how I feel. Like I would rather have the screen and then like and you know, if some stuff does come out a little bit, that's cool, but I don't want like people flying at my face when the, the arrows. Yeah. The, fucking the intro arrows, scene. like everything. I was just like, No, no, like get out of my face. <laughs> There's like I just five wanna, warp like, moments. Yeah, I wanna yeah. I wanna watch the film without feeling like I'm gonna get stabbed in the eye kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I really did enjoy it. Like um, 
Kirk and Spock were always my favorite when I was a kid. I apparently I used to go on about them when I was younger. But yeah, good times in Tahoe playing in the snow. What would you give it? What would I give it? Uh, Probably four out of five. How many? Four. Hang on. Four phaser guns. Four phaser blasts out of five? Yeah, out of five. But yeah, like, it was cool. (laughs) The one part that I actually, like, thought was hilarious was in that club where it's, like, doing the whole pan thing. And you know how in, like, every program there's always someone making out in the club? Yeah. There's, like, those two aliens and their, like, tongues are just, like, like, right out of their mouths. I was like, lizard sound. That's where he was about to, like, talk to that chick and then fucking Pikes is like, whoop. That was a good moment, too. Especially in 3D. Yeah. sits down between them. No, it wasn't. No, but that no, was really close. That was when, no, oh, that no, was Scotty, Scotty was talking in the right. bar. Yeah, different in the bar, bar scene. Because he was very much in a strip club, now yep. that I remember. Yep. No, um, I liked I liked the couple of throwbacks that it had to, like, finding him in, like, a dingy bar, like, in the first movie. And it was, it was really sad to see that his, like, you know, had gotten another father figure after what happened to his father originally, and then he died. And I mean, like, he literally called him son, like, four times. And I know yeah. it's, like, was an affectionate term or whatever, yeah. but I think that Kirk took it literally. So, like, him taking that death was pretty damn hard. So he's like, I'll do whatever it takes. Well, no, and that's something I never really considered was the fact that he didn't want, he didn't believe in death didn't accept death no when you said to- you to. said this is the Tomoriyashi Maru over and over and over again that makes perfect sense Total there's sense. always an option C there's well, always a third way and out and he always keeps talking he's just, he's even told like you don't believe in the rules and he's like well I don't think that they should be the same for everybody they don't apply to everybody yeah. or they don't apply I don't to think they should yeah. and it's just like well there you go right there That's your, like Pike says to him that's your problem right there damn we should have done Cinefile Space anywho did you already do you already yeah yeah uh, I liked it. Uh, the only problem I found is uh, with the 3D. Uh, the problem is um, uh, when you're working in three dimensions, things like lens flare don't work because yeah. they show up as cubes. Yeah. <laughs> and and they, they're kind of in your face, and they're always going to be in the forefront because it's yeah. the first thing you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So they, they had too much of it, and it really throws you off. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard from a couple of people they really didn't like that. But um, the story was well done. Uh, I think they didn't have to bash us over the head with the obvious parallels between uh, – they could have taken it in its own direction. In fact, they've already kind of done that. I mean it's more Star Wars than it is Star Trek at this point. Um, <laughs> Even in some of the shots. Well, exactly, right? And I think they've already done that comparison online, right? So uh, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun movie. It's a solid movie. It's really fun to watch. You can take it as its own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I would say is uh, I would argue that uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch stole the show. Uh, I thought he was the best performer out of all of them. And, he was. Uh, was good. Yeah, he had good motivations. And uh, the uh, yeah, it was a fun movie. It was a good summer movie. It's, it's not my top pick. So I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, I'm not, I, like, I, I enjoy Star Trek. It's not like I'm like religious about it but it's a fun show to watch so uh, four out of five are you in a big rush to get out to uh kind of am yeah I just want someone to explain to me what you mean by it's it's more Star Wars than Star Trek I don't know what that means well Star Star Wars is um okay I'll I'll, I'll explain it this way in fact uh I'll explain it by explaining it uh Star Trek (laughs) explains itself they explain how the technology works how they're more in awe of the fact that this is the future and this is why the future is awesome where Star Wars is like 
we're in a futuristic world, but we're more focused on the task at hand. And that's very much how this Star Trek works, yeah. is where they're like, this is our task and we need to do it. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, um, previous even the, Star Treks were more like, yeah, and even in the TV shows, yeah. they're like, they're like, every, they always have to have that exposition where, like, we're more civilized now. So we need to question exactly why we would help these people or help those people mm-hmm. or this and the other thing. And I'm not saying the movie doesn't deviate, it doesn't do that too much. It's just that it's, it, it, it's, it is at this point way more Star Wars than it is Star Trek. But I mean, that's good for J.J. Abrams. So. <laughs> well, it's clearly why he got picked up for it, right? Yeah. And it's funny because it's, uh, Star Trek has been likened to Shakespeare in space. And I thought that, Benedict Cumberbatch was fucking mm-hmm. Shakespearean in his delivery, yes. especially when he was locked up and he's like, my family, like said, open that, up those torpedoes. To you me, know? I think that that fucking scene alone uh, was especially written for Cumberbatch where he's like, I want, okay, you're con, you're going to be this character, it's obviously going to make parallels to the fucking uh, Star Trek 2, but I need you to show a difference. Some final thoughts, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Um, like, like I said, uh, to me, I didn't overly mind the whole parallels to like the parallels to uh, Star Trek 2 like I didn't think it was more of a hey do you see what I'm doing I, I don't think that's what their goal was I think their goal was like look at the emotion between. look at the contrast between these two characters yeah right you got a Vulcan who's supposed to be emotionless even though he is half human and you got a human with who's literally doesn't know his place in it's the world kind of driven by emotions yeah and I think that's the contrast they're looking for I don't think it was so much they, they wanted to do scene by scene line by line almost in that in that fucking uh the climax. I think they just were trying to show the parallels between the two characters and how intersected Kirk and Spock are. I think that they were really quickly. I want to say that I think that they were trying to make a conscious de- delivery of the Star Trek that the fans know and love, and, and especially the ones that that hated the fact that the timeline was changed and the differences between the 2009 Star Trek and the series and the, the various yeah. movies. I think that they were trying to in those moments where it was really parallel, but like you know, one major flip of like roles. Is that they were trying to give the Star Trek fans Star Trek again? Yeah, and they very much did it. Like I think I was holding back tears for that last. Oh, like, yeah, I thought it was too. fucking amazing. I think like where Tito thought uh, Cumberbatch owned this movie, I very much thought Quinto did. I thought this was Spock's movie. This was his character. This oh, was his yeah. role. I loved Spock. He was fucking amazing. Him and the, the contrast between him and Pine were fucking incredible. I absolutely loved it. Stulo had his moments. Scotty played a bigger role in this movie, which I thought everyone loved. Everyone loved Simon Pegg, right? I thought he did really, really good in this yeah. movie. But like, truly, if Star Trek is Kirk and Spock, and I, and I liked how Abrams was sticking with that. Yeah. And it was very much, even though you got all this shit going around you, they brought back Spock Prime, which I thought was awesome. It was a cool little yeah. nod. A couple seconds, like literally, it's like, I know Nemo, you can barely get out of bed now, and probably you're going to die very soon. <laughs> can we just quickly do this two-second shot? We boom, can film done. this in your living room. Yeah, and literally did that, and boom, he's in the, in the movie. And I thought it was awesome awesome yeah uh, basically he was there for uh spock was asking spock prime what the hell who is this con character and i don't want to take over your last no, thoughts again but like i just i just wanted to say that was such a good moment when he's like i already made a promise that you know i broke the one time when i gave you the warp drive, the warp drive the to, to scotty and i refuse to tell you any more information about that timeline that will affect the course of this timeline as it you know affects the time directive but I will tell you that, that being fucking sad, yeah, this guy's a badass, and I'm going to tell you how to stop him. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. No, and like anyone that hasn't seen Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan, you must see it. To me, you don't so much need to see the TV show. It's pretty like the actual episodes calm us in. It's cool if you do, but don't think it's a must. But I do think it's a must to see Wrath of Khan before you go see 
uh, this Star Trek, and everyone's just like, well, I like, don't know, I, I didn't find... say it, and I still love it. No, no, don't get me wrong, you'll still yeah. love it, it's still great, yeah. but to me, I think if you watch Wrath of Khan well, right now, you'll be yeah. like, holy fuck! Yeah, well, I'll watch it afterwards, like, yeah. I mean, don't necessarily oh, No, no, I'm just saying watch, yeah. watch it Make again. Make sure you watch, yeah. Everyone's saying that there's a whole new generation introduced to Star Trek with the J.J. Abrams' versions. What I'm trying to tell people is, is no, like, you can love these 2009 and 2013 versions. They're great. They're awesome. They are different. But if you love these movies, you will love the original Star Trek movies. I think they're just as on par as how good they are. Mm-hmm. Like, especially that fucking trilogy run where it's Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home. Like, that is the three, like, fucking, yeah. it's very much dubbed a trilogy because they are so interconnected. And they're fucking amazing movies. Where if you like these modernized versions, I think you will dig these 80s versions. Mm-hmm. They are awesome. They're kept up to date. Uh, and they're watchable. Like I, they're Way all, better than Nemesis. Oh, my God. They're incredible. <laughs> yes. I mean, and it's, and it's fun to go back and... and yeah, right? Like, I mean, it, it's. I'm really looking forward to watching Star Trek 2 because I'll get to see, like, the difference between, like, the technology as such that they were using back then versus, like, the fucking Apple Store shit. But even then, even then like, like, you'll yeah. look at the... Keep in mind, when you watch uh, Star Trek 2, yeah. this is filmed in 81. Yeah, exactly, and that's what or 82. Anyway, it's early 80s, and even yeah. then you'll look at that and go, shit, this is kept pretty the good. The only major yeah, difference with the tech is the Omnipedia. Yeah. There's no Omnipedia in the new ones. No. And that's what like, like is you look running at, every ship of Starfleet. Yeah. Oh every yeah, no, but I'm talking about program. like the look of it. No, even like you know how you can tell uh, Star Trek like the New Hope compared to like uh, Phantom Menace, even though Phantom Menace mm. is supposed to be ahead in the timeline. Like the, you can't, it's not that obvious. It's very much if you look at the the way the tech and the way things are shot in Wrath of Khan and like Star Trek Spock and and, and, uh, and Voyage Home. It's very much this look like this can pass for like a late nineties movie. Oh really? It's, oh, it's, it's just because I find fucking, like it holds up. I'm surprised at how much it holds up. The only thing that you can really tell is because technically they go back to modern times in a voyage home, and you can tell they land in. They go to it? now. Yeah, they go to eighty eight, and you can tell because that's an eighty eight style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The boom box and yeah, shit like of that. Course, yeah. Anyway, those are must sees. I think. I think you go check out these two movies. I love them because they they do they do stand alone. They do bring out. Um, they are introducing a better, a newer generation to Star Trek, and I've always been a Star Trek fan. It's a great movie. Love Spock, love Kirk. I give this one a solid four and a half out of five. Awesome. Four and a half, live long and prosper out of five. Four. This episode of Cinephiles. I am Toski. I'm Tito. I'm Ashcake. I'm Steve. See you next edition. Cinephiles, part of the Wyman Podcast Network.